talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we are back. Gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, Messy Christianity podcast. It's been a little while. Been a while. Feels just like yesterday. <laughs> hey, so why has it been a while? I, I remember... Well, somebody decided to go on a sabbatical easy. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good, by the way. And we had the holidays. So. <clears throat> and then we just, uh, just hadn't gotten back together. But yeah. we're back now because we had two people say, hey, I miss this thing. Oh, big two. So for you two, <laughs> the three of us are together. This is it. No, today's today's topic is actually, uh, I think, a very important one. A lot of people deal with this. Uh, I know all of us in this room have, have dealt with it at, at some point. And that's the uh, question, what do I do with doubt? Mm. What do I do with doubt? Because there seems to be this thought that if you have any doubt, you're unspiritual, you don't love Jesus, and you know there's no hope for you. Mm. So let's talk about that. What do we do with doubt? I think your microphone's about to fall down. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. That would be it. awesome. We'd have a complete entire podcast without your voice in it. It'd be really It'd weird. kind of be nice. Well, it'd be weird. Cause we so what do, what, do we, what do we do with doubt? What do we do with doubt? Well, you know, we could always take one of the Christian songs and substitute a word out. And like, instead of fear is a liar, we could just say, doubt is a liar. <laughs> and we could call it for what it is. I don't know, but is it? See, oh, sorry, I got a hit. So I'm actually thinking though that doubt can be a gift. I would, I would kind of lean with that a little, a little bit. But yeah. Yes, it can be a liar because I do think that the enemy wants to put confusion and doubt and all those things in. But I think doubt sometimes will cause us to search where we wouldn't ordinarily search. Right. Cause us to go deeper. Um, I mean, after all, if things were all rosy, why would we? Why would we look any farther? We got what yeah. we want, right? Well, what's the backbone? What's the purpose behind the doubt? That's also part of the question. Is it a Christ-centered, I'm searching the Scriptures, and I I have some type of religious doubt that I'm trying to flesh through? Or is it doubt about relationships, doubt about the economy, doubt about world, you know, whatever's going on in the world right now? There's so many different variables as far as that's concerned. So I think we kind of have to preface that. You know, what do we do with doubt? Kind of depends on what the doubt well, is yeah. Is dealing with yeah. I think I think the essence of the question was probably talking about doubts with uh, spiritual matters and religious matters. But but I hear what you're saying too. I mean, you know, I can doubt the economy is going to come back. I doubt yeah. my politician's going to do what he says. Things like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, the, but you but think the about same it word, from a, though. But from a Christian perspective as well, for Christ followers who are within the church. All of our doubt is not necessarily tied in with Christianity. Mm-hmm. I doubt I'm going to have enough finances to make it to the end of the month to pay next month's bills. That is a legitimate mm-hmm. doubt that many people within our very church right. have have concerns over. So doubt, I think we automatically assume when, when you throw out the word doubt that we're talking about or that people automatically gravitate to, it's a Christian doubt, it's a spiritual doubt, it's something to do with my walking with Christ that I'm doubting. But the essence of the culture and the life that we live in, so much doubt deals with everyday life issues. Yeah, and I think, though, for for the sake of what we're talking about here, we ought to probably narrow it down a little bit, otherwise we would be... Literally all over the, all page. Over the map. <clears throat> I'm thinking in terms of, uh, I think the main thing that people would doubt as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, is doubt that they belong to God, 
doubt that God loves them, even though they probably we most people would probably not say I don't think God loves me, but I or or at least they would they they may not say I doubt God loves me, but I do mm. think a lot of people, even though they've never expressed those exact words, mm. feel that way, and so it's kind of this hidden subversive doubt. And I think the others is uh, uh, another thing they doubt is I, I doubt that God has something for me or I doubt that God has gifted, you know, just more about um, which which is I'm not sure if it's doubting God or doubting the self, but but it's probably tied together, if that makes any sense. It does. And that's part of that idea where I was jokingly saying that doubt is a liar, because majority of those things are issues that the evil one throws up to snare us, to ensnare us, to uh, circle us and help us or, or keep us from realizing that there is freedom in Christ, that there's freedom in our Christian walk. So if I have doubt, that negatively affects the way that I perceive Christ, perceive myself, perceive the world, perceive my calling, vision, direction. All of those things are tied in with that. Uh I haven't really thought. This is a big bundled mess right now. <laughs> um, Welcome doubt, to the club. Yeah, I know. Well, doubt. I'm trying to th- think of the the listener right now that's that may be struggling with with some major doubts about you know does God love me? Does God have a plan? Um, so let, let's of, start with this one. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. Right. I've I've um, I've been to church. You know, a portion of my life. I I went down the aisle and I said a prayer and asked Jesus into my heart. But I still don't feel like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a Christian. I just I'm just not sure. I think I am. I hope I am, but I'm not sure I am. What do we do with that? So, I believe as Christians that there are feelings in our in our walk where we experience and feel the presence of God. In my experience, those feelings that I even have personally are not twenty four seven all the time. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I doubt my salvation. But I'm not necessarily feeling in the moment uh, the the happy, warm fuzzies of the relationship with God. That doesn't mean it's not there. So um, I don't know who, where I heard it first, but years ago I I heard uh, you know put let the, let the facts be the be the engine of the train. Let the feelings kind of be the the caboose. Just um, there are times where we have to, I believe, lean on the. Um, the truth of God's word, and just know that that it's true. Um, but that's not negating that there are feelings that come with it. So, I mean, I can have I have personal experiences in my life um, where I have felt the presence of God in my life. So they're there. Um, they're just not there all the time. Uh, is that? Yeah, that so, resonates. I, it's a day in day out. I think that's part of what Jesus was talking about: taking up your cross daily and following me. There truly is the essence of every single moment of every single day is a decision about my faith, about whether I'm going to follow Christ today, about what I'm going to allow Jesus to do in my heart and my life. This morning, for me, I woke up this morning and my head was spinning and just so that we're transparent here, it's a Monday morning and I, I was the first one up in my house, rolled out of bed and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to deal with a Monday. Hmm, I don't yeah. want to deal with a Monday. Yeah. And Monday, Monday. It, it was just one of those days where, hey, I just, I'd rather just sleep in, send the kids to school and just come home and, and not do anything. Eve, I just don't feel like yeah. walking this walk today. Yeah. So for me, 
in, in this moment, in this this morning, the first thing that I started doing to overcome, and I don't know if it was really doubt, but it was that it was just a downcast mm-hmm. type of feeling. The first thing I did was I started speaking into my own heart the truth that I know that isn't that the, the Bible is. So I, as a firm foundation for me, I believe in the truth of Scripture. So I started speaking the truth of Scripture over my heart. I am loved. I am adored. God has a purpose and a plan for my life. These truths I would speak out loud so that my very ears would hear it, and then I would yeah. have some Christian music playing in the background. And so for the first 30 minutes I was awake before everybody else was up in my house, that was my focus, trying my best to orient, orient my feelings toward what I know is the truth of Scripture. And for me, it, it was a huge. It's By the time everybody else got up in the house, now I'm in a, in a good mood and and I can help. Mm-hmm. But that's how I overcome it, at least for this day. So I'm sitting to think, so on one hand, you got doubt. The complete polar opposite of that to me would be like 100% knowledge, just no doubt. I'm sure, you know? yeah. I'm absolutely sure. The big gap that's in between that, and you've said the word a few times already, is faith. I mean, and so uh, there's there's that element of faith uh, that we have. I mean, so and we live in a we live in a scientific world that is a prove it to me, show it to me, um, and then I'll believe it type of culture. Well, the things of God are not always like that. I mean, faith is the things unseen. So. Um, the question, original question was, what do I do with my doubts? Well, to get from doubt to no doubt, there's that big, big gully of faith in between. So I, I think that that's a lifelong process of increasing our faith. I mean, does that make sense? Like, yeah. It's, it, 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 we never get over, I guess, well, I guess we do get over to the no doubt camp with some things in our life, but then there's some things where we struggle with and, but that's, that's increased. It's, it's faith increasing continually our entire lives. So. I think it's also in terms of the salvation question, I think it's maturing in your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I can't tell you the last time I doubted whether or not I belonged to God, but I used to when I was younger yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I think what was happening was I was, I was looking at the, the feelings, you know, do I feel, Saved? Do I feel loved? And also, I was doubting whether or not God's word was actually true. I mean, I I knew it to be true. I believed it to be true. But there was always this little thing in the back of my mind. But are you sure? Because at the end of the day, nobody's ever been to where you're talking about going. You know, in eternity. So you're 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 ultimately living on faith. And so, for me, the doubt was was haunting. Always wondering. Um, you know, did I, and to, to me, the, the doubt, I guess if I had to put it in precise terms, I wasn't so much doubting whether or not God would save or could save. I was doubting whether or not I was fully yielded. Of course, you got to understand, I grew up in a, in a culture where it was, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so very direct preaching about for for you to be saved, you have to be a hundred percent sold out to Christ, um, <clears throat> and so I was looking at my life, going, "Am I hundred percent sold out?" And then the question was, "Well, was I just looking for fire insurance, or was I genuinely seeking after Christ?" So I had all these questions. A lot of them came, I think, through what I heard from the pulpit, and I was interpreting that through my own ears, trying to figure out, you know, what's the extreme of what they're talking about. 
Um, and, you know, gosh, this is a whole other rabbit trail, but, but a lot of that, I think, was well-intentioned on the part of preachers, but I think it was also, uh, I think there was a desire for people to know, because I used to hear this all the time, you did too, do you know that you know mm-hmm. that you know yeah, that, that you, know. you know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. four knows, that's pretty deep, mm-hmm. and I'm going, well, I know that I know that I know, but I'm not sure I know that I know that I know that I know. <laughs> And then you're sitting in these revival services, and you start watching, that guy's a deacon, he's walking the aisle, and the youth pastor, he's walking the aisle. And and then you hear the the revival preacher talk about, yeah, the last church, the preacher got saved, and I'm going, well, man, this is, this is bad news for me. But so, so I, I had to, I had to just essentially try to, try to go out of the feelings, like you said, and look at the facts, go back to what does the Bible say? And then just, you know, have I come to Christ? Yes. Have I have I surrendered my life to him? Yes. Do I love him? Yes. And so according to those things, I'm born again. Um, man, what a struggle, though. Gosh. I think many times doubt creeps in possibly because of a sin nature that we've not dealt with. Yeah. So sure. am I riding high because everything's good in life and I don't have anything that I'm dealing with, but as soon as there's something that creeps up in my life that I'm struggling with, maybe God's revealed a sin issue or an idolatry issue that I've not dealt with, and now I suddenly doubt God's love. I doubt whether he's really there. I doubt whether he does have a purpose and a plan for my life. I doubt if he even cares if I if I wake up in the morning or I go to sleep at night. A lot of those come from that essence of of the internal searching is there something that i need to deal with first because the sin clouds our vision of god it's like walking through a fog or walking through smoke you walk through smoke a smoky area not only is it hard to see but it burns the eyes and it burns the nostrils and it's just not pleasant because smoke isn't that pleasant thing and so I'm trying to view God through that, and the senses that are God-given aren't responding the way that they're supposed to because this, the smoke kind of represents that sin nature. If I'm ever to clear that up, wow, I've got a beautiful vision of God. i got this beautiful scent. I can, I've got this beautiful perspective. So I would, I'm not saying that all doubt is stemmed in sinfulness. I'm not saying that, but could that possibly be the reason that Someone is doubting. Perhaps you're doubting in your heart and your life because there's a sin issue that you know you need to take care of. You need to deal with it, but you just keep shoving it down, Mm -hmm. putting it on the back burner, and not dealing with it. You know, I think part of that issue as well is is that as a young believer, I don't think we fully understand grace. At least I haven't met a young believer who's fully understood grace. Matter of fact, I don't know a lot of old believers that do sometimes. But but what you're saying is, if I heard you correctly, is that the sin causes you to doubt, do I really know God? Because if I knew God, then I wouldn't really be sinning. And then, you know, it's just this, this spiraling um, uh, pattern after that. But grace says, look, even in the midst of my... What, grace recognize, Grace allows us to recognize our own brokenness and our own need for God's continual grace, not just his grace one time. And sometimes when we're when we're saved, we think, okay, well, I'm saved, I'm good, you know, I got God's grace, yeah. that's what I need. But it's no, it's an everyday grace. And when we're not living in that grace every day, there is a tendency to to start doubting. And Paul talks about working out your faith. 
Work, working out your salvation, working through this, that's not a one-time thing. It's not like it's a project, a school project that's for one semester, mm-hmm. and then once you're done with that semester, you're done with that quarter, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It truly is an ongoing based on life experience, based on circumstances in life, mm-hmm. based on sin nature, things of the, things that each of us deal with affect in a positive way or a negative light, our relationship with God and our um, our hearing and and vision of Him. I think it. I think it's a very strong point you're making. I, I'm probably going to repeat everything you just said. I think it was, <laughs> no, I'm not not a but. No but. I, I just I think it's. I mean, if somebody is, I just want to make it clear because I I think if somebody really is living in a. Uh, we all sin, okay? We all have sins. But if somebody's living in a habitual sin situation and there's something that's just dragging them down, um, it, it, doubts are a consequence. I mean, I, be, I believe I re, believe you're right on that. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a consequence. You're not in that um, strong fellowship with God. So it, it's, it's like a married couple that are... Uh, living in two different states but trying to trust that they still love each other you know and not talking to each other every day it, it it's it's a that was an illustration off the top of my head but it, it it's hard i mean of course you're going to have doubts you know um is god being faith is this spouse being faithful to me is god being faithful to me you're you're not in communication so um flip side i see what you're saying about the grace i mean um you know the danger of a podcast like this is somebody not living in habitual sin is got one of the little sins, you know, that we, we you know, like gluttony or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of the little ones like gluttony. Yeah. Like, that's a joke. Um, but <laughs> we you need to do that as a topic. We do. We really to do, do need to do that as a topic. We do. That's yeah. I, as we're sitting here. I also, I do want to make clear. And I said it a few minutes ago, all doubt is not tied into sin. No, I don't agree. And, just to make that crystal clear that yeah. we're in agreement on that, yeah. because I also believe that doubt can be an attack of the evil one to try to separate us, if that were possible, from the love of God, or if anything else, try to separate us from grasping the reality of God's grace and God's love and God's purpose for our hearts and our lives. So it, it could be, quite honestly, just an attack from the evil yeah. one to slow us down from an active walking out of our faith. It's it's part of our human nature, too. I mean, I so the father brings his son in the Bible, Mark, I believe it is, brings his son to Jesus and, and wants him to be healed. And uh, Jesus said, I can do it. And the father says, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. And then Jesus heals the boy. But I, I love that sentence, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of a sentence for all of us right there. Um, so... To me, yeah, do I have doubts? I still have doubts about certain theologies and doctrines and and things like that. But it's a chance to um, to explore. It's a chance to to learn, to study, to uh, to pray, ask other believers. Um, and, and that's kind of a mantra, I think, for for many Christians. I believe God. I really do. I believe. But help my unbelief. You know, help me understand better. I think the most important thing for us to not doubt for us to be certain upon or certain in is yeah. the character and the nature of God. Yeah, Everything else we can doubt, yeah. but but the, when it comes to the character and the nature of God, if we can have a firm belief that even if we don't understand it, he is who he says yep. he is, then all these other doubts, I think, will, will, will pan out. Because at the end of the day, 
everything we need in life mm-hmm. is found in the character and the nature of God. Everything. Yeah. How, how then does a listener determine what is the true character of God? Because what you mentioned a few minutes ago, Jeff, about the way that you were raised and the type of environment that you heard from preachers could make a young person say, the character of God is doom and gloom, hell and, and brimstone, and I'm waiting on my throne to hit you with a lightning bolt. So how does a person then develop the correct idea of what the character of God looks like? That's a great question. Um, probably just by coming to Story Point Church. And- <laughs> 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. First Baptist Church, 9 a.m. I'm somewhat joking about that, yeah. but not really. No, actually, I think that... The- that no matter where you worship, you're going to find um, um, you're, you're going to find preachers with feet of clay, and every preacher has their their um, their sugar sticks. In seminary, we call them sugar sticks. The, yeah. the 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 topics that that was just their thing, and and honestly, they go through cycles. You know, a preacher will be talking about grace, 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 and then it'll switch to love, 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 love. Then it's judgment. I mean, so that, that's just the nature of the humanity of preaching. But I would say that it's a combination of surrounding yourself with godly Christ followers, some to be preachers and some who are not. You know, yeah. some of the best theology can be learned uh, on a back porch on a farmhouse, drink a cup of coffee with a guy mm-hmm. in, in coveralls and in uh, rubber boots. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it may not be as as um, eloquent. Eloquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you might have a few colorful illustrations yeah. in there, but yeah. but it, it it can be some good theology. Yeah. Also, I, I would say just spend time with God's Word. You know, we we have to remember the priesthood of the believer. That doesn't mean we don't need anybody else. That's why we have preachers and, uh, uh, you know, teachers, shepherds, all those gifts of the church. But at the end of the day, I can sit with God God's Word, and He can speak to me through His Word. Mm-hmm. But that's but I'm not I'm not the sole authority either. So it's not an either-or. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it's, a, it's all of these things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, though, that, more importantly than perhaps ever before, we've got to be very discerning with who we listen to. Because just yeah. because it sounds good and just because it sounds right doesn't mean it actually is. And so we test everything, constantly test mm-hmm. it. Um, even, even you know, I hope people test me. I hope nobody takes what I say and say, oh, of course that's true. I hope they go back and say, well, let's see, is this true? Because right. um, I was wrong once back in uh, 82. That was a while back, yeah. <laughs> also, I would add one more thing to that, and that is the as- aspect of asking the Holy Spirit yes. for guidance. I assume that, but you're absolutely correct. It, because if we, as you mentioned, sit at the feet of other teachers, the Scripture is very clear that we're all secondary teachers. The Holy Spirit is yeah. the teacher, and we need no other according to, I think it's First John, where John says that. So the essence of the Holy Spirit being that teacher, so asking the Holy Spirit for guidance and wisdom and revelation, asking the Holy Spirit, I want to understand who you really are. I want mm-hmm. to understand and know the attributes of my Heavenly Father. Would mm-hmm. you reveal that to me? Help me to understand it. Mm-hmm. Help me to grasp it. And so combining all of that together, start to flesh out the true nature based on the best that we can interpret of who God our Father is. This is probably another podcast for another day, but just if somebody's on this part of this podcast right now listening, um, one advice I would give on that, because we live in a crazy time where there's so many authors and so many churches and so yeah. many beliefs, 
pull back and go go to um, yep. go to some authors that have been around or older. I mean, not not they're dead. <laughs> I don't know hundred years. Say. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred years. N- ago. That's nothing wrong. There are some good modern day ones. I'm not I'm not negating that, but there's also a lot of bad out there. So I'm talking to the one who is in the not knowing stage and just needs a starting point. Um, that, so so let's give some of those authors. It is another podcast, but one of my favorites is Tozer. Yeah, so. A. W. Tozer. Yeah. Yep. Um, C.S. Lewis. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brennan Manning. Ooh, wow! You're really hmm. on the edge there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure a newbie needs to go to Brennan Manning. Well, depending <laughs> on what your it does help with the nature. What of God. It does, is it nature does, of God? I, I would highly recommend that. One of my favorite things that he said <clears throat> was that uh, he said uh, the one question he believes will be asked of us when we stand before God is did you believe that I loved you? Hmm. That's a that's a powerful thought provoking yeah. statement. But yeah, because go, you know what, with that question, if somebody that's that is the question, if somebody really believes that at their core, it's going to affect everything in their lives. And the doubt part that answers the yeah, doubt issue, it doesn't really, it? Yeah. I mean, think about a parent, you know, that that, that scolds or scolds you, that disciplines you, that's on to you, that you know, it's later in life, and they've. But if at your core, you know, this person loves me. I mean that that affects everything. It affects everything. But Jesus himself said if you will have the faith the size of a mustard seed. He picked intentionally the smallest typical seed there is and said you can look at that mountain and say move mountain. So for us, I mean th- th- doubts can exist but but just a small amount of faith and that faith may be God loves me, God's in my corner. God's got me. We can do mighty, huge things with that. That ounce of faith. Well, you know, this podcast, the whole purpose of it is to have three regular guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. And I think that this particular topic does uh, affect every part of our life because we narrowed it down to a faith issue, you know, doubt in spiritual things. But we've got doubts in whether or not people like us, whether or not um, we're supposed to be doing the jobs we're doing, whether or not our, our spouse is you know loves us. I mean, it, it, it spans the—we doubt whether or not we're being a good parent. We doubt whether or not um, we have enough money mm-hmm. to make ends meet. There's really questions all in, in every area of life. But I would say this. Doubt is an opportunity to grow faith. Yeah. And, a, and doubt is an opportunity— to find some satisfaction and comfort in the power and the presence of God. Because even in the unspiritual things, God still is there. It, it you know, we we wanna um, we want to divide a line between mm-hmm. the sacred and the secular and say, okay, this is my sacred part and this is my secular part. Well, we don't want to cross those mm-hmm. lines, but that's not the way God built us. Mm-hmm. He built us as a single human with a mind, mm-hmm. with a body, with a soul. And all of them work together, and and at the very core of all of those three things is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's God mm-hmm. in us, and so we don't have to really, I guess I'd say, we don't have to sweat it so much. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we make more out of things than we really should. Mm-hmm. That is, it. You know, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Just and we're not very patient. We want the reason we want to doubt. The reason we doubt is because we want to know right now. Yeah. How about we just take a step back and let it play out? Yeah. The older I get, the more patient I get, I think, because I, I realize life is a long marathon, not a sprint. What do you all have to say?
For the person listening right now that is at the end of this podcast, you've listened to the whole thing, and you're you're going, that's me. I'm doubting. I have some doubts. Uh, I would encourage you, this thing's going to be over here in another minute or so. Um, when this thing ends, or even right now, turn this off. That's okay. Uh, take some time. Pray. Ask God to show himself to you um, and and ask for that. Ask for the Heavenly Father to, to show you his love today. Um, open the Word of God and... Um, Open the book of Ephesians. That's coming to my mind. Start in chapter 1. And uh, let God just speak uh, into you today. I would say that if you're dealing with doubt in this moment, as Kevin said, go to the Lord in prayer and ask specifically a couple of things. Number one, ask God if there's a sin issue that you've not dealt with that needs to be dealt with. And if he reveals something to you, go deal with it. If it's not a sin issue that you're dealing with, and the doubt is a, a an attack, look at the truths of Scripture and start proclaiming those truths of Scripture over your heart and your life. Say them out loud so your eardrums hear them. And I love Ephesians 1. Go toward, I think it's verse 18, where Paul says, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation, basically to fall fresh over his heart and his life and over each other. And so pray that over yourself. Mm. Ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can discern what is true and accurate. And I would say that uh, you should do what I do every single morning. I wake up, I go into the bathroom, I look in the mirror, and I say, Jeff, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.